The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Yeah, I'll change it up for you, Ben. You mean change it up for you? I'll change it up for you, Ben, for touchdown turnover. You just say the word, Ben. You just say the word. Touchdown turnover is backed by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates, and better service. I'm asking you, Ben, do you want me to change it up for you for touchdown turnover today? Just say Absolutely. the word. Just say the word. Change it up. Touchdown turnover. There will be a good turnout for this weekend's game, Tennessee, Georgia, on. SEC Nation and their show Saturday morning, Marty and McGee. Will we see a good turnout from Tennessee fans now that SEC Network is going to be in attendance for the first time, I won't say this season, and certainly the first time since Ole Miss game where Tennessee fans in Tennessee were at the center of criticism. I've seen some folks not happy and don't want to go to support. Do we see a good turnout, touchdown turnover? I've seen those comments as well. Not not a ton, but I have seen the boycott SEC Nation conversations. I'll, what, what, I guess it depends on what is your definition of a good turnout. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody's definition is is obviously to to their different. to their to their standards or you know their desires. I think so. Think so. I, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's Tennessee fans. There, there's a bunch of them, and I just think with with the game being on three thirty, this show starts at it's a two hour show, right? So it starts at ten. I mean, people were on campus at that time, and I, I realized Ayers Hall isn't all that close to G10, other areas on campus where people like to tailgate, uh, even going towards downtown. You have those parking lots across from World's Fair Park and, and next to that beautiful church right before you pass over on, on Henley Street Bridge, those those two parking lots right there. I know people like to tailgate there uh, as as well and, and walk over from downtown. So just with, with with everybody being on campus fairly early for a 3.30 game, I, I think campus is going to be buzzing. I, I say touchdown. I, I think there will be a, a good crowd. It's it's something that uh, parents can, can take their kids to. And I mean, it, it's Tennessee fans. Tennessee fans do it better than anybody. They're, they're going to show up. Uh, and I think it'll be a, a, a nice crowd for sure. There, there will be some that I have no doubt in my mind will, will quote, boycott it, and I, <laughs> I don't necessarily blame those folks, but I think ultimately there, there's so many Tennessee fans that, that there will be a, a good turnout. Yeah. Um, the two times that I've been on Feinbaum when he was on campus, and maybe it was just me, I thought I didn't think the crowd was – big as it could have been now maybe it was a time maybe I went on during the slow times I'm not sure but um, I think SEC Nation will have half of people out there uh, I don't, I'm not confident that Marty McGee is going to have a lot of people out there uh, I hope they do if anything they should more than SEC Nation because Marty McGee Tennessee alum I mean, not, not Marty McGee but Ryan McGee is a, a Tennessee alum. Marty Smith, I know folks are upset about him deleting his, his tweet from a couple of weeks ago during the Ole Miss game, but he's he's always been very complimentary of Tennessee. Put together an awesome feature on Hendon Hooker. I believe he t- he tweeted something out on Saturday night mm-hmm. hyping up Tennessee as well. So I, I think they should get a nice crowd, more so than the SEC Nation. Yeah, I'm just 
But I feel you. I yeah, I, I think I think they should. I'm not someone that's going to sit here and boycott and all that stuff. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't care that much to be honest. But uh, and I won't have time to even go anyways. I won't be going anyways. Um, but do I think it'll be a good turnout? I think they'll make it look like a good turnout. You know, TV has you have the ability to make it look like it's bigger than what it really is. Um, but I think there's some fans who who are not. Not so happy about that uh, energy a couple weeks ago from, from that side of things. And I don't blame them. Um, let's go to the text box. Can I say something real quick in terms of the crowd on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Danny White. Danny White's uh, fellow co-workers that helped Danny White make decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I almost said minions. But I didn't want it to come off mean. I just, I just like the minions. Thank you. That, and, that, I'm and, glad you decided not to. But say it that. would have been an endearing reference to the minions because the the, the minions are are like my my favorite characters right now. I, I love the minions movies. You can't clean that up, man. Whatever. Um, Danny White and your coworkers that help you make decisions. Administration. <laughs> Administration. Uh, if you are listening, please, if you come across. A Tennessee fan that has season tickets and they sell their ticket to a Georgia fan, please ban that Tennessee fan from coming to the Florida and Alabama game next season. And for you Tennessee fans out there who are contemplating selling your tickets and and contemplating selling your tickets is is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with selling your tickets. Just don't sell them to Georgia fans. Sell them to a Tennessee fan. Go out of your way to sell them to a Tennessee fan. Give them to a Tennessee fan before selling them to a Georgia fan. Georgia's going to try to take it over. And Danny White, if you see somebody, I know there's probably absolutely no way Danny White would know. I'm more so joking in this, in this regard. But ban them. Ban somebody who sells their ticket to a Georgia fan this weekend. Ban them from next year's home games against Florida and Alabama. To prove a point. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's whack. Uh, text box, the real D from the 423 says, y'all going to do prime in the middle of Tennessee basketball? Hey, we've been doing prime at the same time all year long, and that's not going to stop today. We will do prime from 7 um, to either 7.45 or, or 7.55 or 8, just depending on the flow of the conversation. And everything will be podcasted. Everything is archived. You can go back and watch any part that you missed. Um, and the Tennessee basketball game will be the same. It will be, you know, recorded. And do you. We're giving, we're giving people options. And we've done that from the start of this season. We, we've given the good people content and you know, you decide when you want to watch it, how you want to watch it, where you want to listen to it. So, yes, the the show will be at the same time. You got to be consistent there. J.D. Vall says, I think Hint, Hint Hooker is no longer considered a poor man's Dobbs. Nope. I wouldn't call him a poor man's Dobbs. It is, it is remarkable how their style – Particularly running the football reminds me of one another. I mean, I, I, I sit there every week and, and watch Hooker run around on that field and in the press box, whoever is sitting next to me. Typically, at home games, it's always Mike Wilson and, and Austin Price. And I always say to them, man, Hooker looks like Dobbs running around out there. And then in the second half against Kentucky, sitting next to Matt Ray, and Hooker had some incredible scrambles. He had one scramble where he made – four guys miss and they weren't like four missed tackles but they were like two guys who had a beat on hooker and were about to go in for the tackle and he made a little move to to where they were no longer in position to make a tackle he he's just incredible and the way he contorts his body when he runs and and makes moves it, it's it's so similar to josh Dobbs. yep yep and i said last night on on our VolQuest monday night chat i would love to see Dobbs in this offense like how how because somebody was asking would, would you rather have Dobbs, or would you rather have Hooker? And, and my, I didn't give an answer back. I gave a question back. My my question back was, what would Dobbs look like in this culture and in this offense? 
I'd love I would, to, I would, love yeah, I would that. take either. I don't really have a preference yeah. on one or the other. I don't want to split hairs and pick one or the other. Yeah. I like, I really like both. Yeah. The only but, thing I'd say is Dobbs' sample size is a little bit bigger. Yeah, and <laughs> we know what stuff the stuff he had to deal with. A six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Tina R. with the early message at 7 a.m. Here we go, Steelers. Nash Vall says, I thought the same about the turnover to Ice the Kicker, but someone told me Nagy had to use it because the Steelers could have run the clock down to one second and kicked it. Um, Corton Vall says, being our Steelers and Vols have nearly the same record. Chip Payne says, at least you're not a Las Vegas Raiders fan. Ugh. Yeah, they can't, they can't quit running into – Bad headlines. Had to kick a corner. First off, round. Off the team. Oh, you, he was threatening to kill somebody. Oh, you should see their 2000 and um, I want to say it was a 2019 draft class. Was, was it the same one that Ruggs was in? Yep. So that Ruggs one, and Arnett the, went in the first round. 2020 draft class. 2020 draft class? Yeah. Rough. their second year, right? Yep. Yep. Or 20. was their second year? 20 draft class. Um, let's see. Volunteer Jack says... They can win every game with that defense except for the Titans. Um, so about the Steelers? Okay. I mean, Bears offense last in the league. Last in the league. Rookie quarterback, offensive line is terrible. I think the Steelers defense is better than how they played last night, if you ask me. I've seen better Steelers defenses this year. But they, they have the personnel to be better. I think in-game they saw some – they saw something and took advantage of it. Uh, Chip Payne says every week is Georgia hate week. Big Orange, one, two, three, says Vols basketball tonight. That's right, versus UT Martin at 7P. Who does not return a single player from last year's team. I mean, we know what this is going to be. I know, but it, that's absurd. I've never heard of that in my life. They have a team who is playing in its opener and – None of them were on the team last year. Not a single player. Mm. Now, UT Martin's coach passed away. Their, their basketball coach passed mm. away. I want to say at the beginning of last season. Because I, I remember that being a storyline. Because uh, his son, the UT Martin basketball coach's son, was uh, a big-time player elsewhere who entered the transfer portal. Or I think he may have played for Martin. Yeah, Anthony Stewart mm-hmm. uh, happened last, last November. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, right as the season, like right before the terrible. season started, or right as the season was starting. Yeah, it was terrible. He's only fifty years old. Died suddenly. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, Fourteen but, new players, though. That's wild. Even even in today's day and age of transfers and and whatnot, fourteen new players is absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see the basketball team play. It was fun watching them, uh, even in the uh, exhibition. And now it's time to get it going as Tennessee basketball starts tonight and college basketball starts tonight. We got some as big a whole. games, man. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Kentucky plays. Oh, is it Duke that they play at like nine thirty? They always play. Yeah, they always play it's, those guys. It's a big game. Early. We get two Tennessee basketball games this week. We get them on Sunday against Desmond Oliver and ETSU. Yeah, here you go, in-state teams. Here's your little check. Here you go, Desmond. Get, get he, you started there in, here's your in check. Johnson City. Here's your check. All right, let's get to the phones. We've got uh, Josh of Virginia. Josh of Virginia, good morning. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Wonderful. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Hey, I just want to make a plea to everybody trying to do this uh, boycott. Do we really want Georgia to take this thing over and have a bunch of grown-ass men out there barking on when it's supposed to be our time? My mm-hmm. plea is get there early. Help them guys set up their their stuff, be as nice as they can, and show them what Vol Nation is all about. We don't we don't need a bunch of Georgia Red because it's going to be there anyway. We don't need that on the TV at ten o'clock when when they get there. That's so one, that's my plea. That's one way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. And my other my other thing is, did anybody check on that that uh, Kentucky player yet? A small put to move on. Is he <laughs> is he is he having a hip replacement or uh, ankle surgery or? Anything like that? That was that was probably the worst juke of of the year. And like during Volcast, you know, Wade was trying to downplay it because he's trying to take up for you know I'm sorry ass DBs. You know I don't like DBs, so he's trying to take up for him. Oh, you know, you know, it wasn't that bad. No, it was bad because you got juked in the 
open field like that. It was no one else around. What you're supposed to do is just grab something. You're not supposed to run that that fast at the ball carrier and allow the ball carrier to do that to you. Like that was that was criminal. He made him fall. Like it's one thing to get juked out of your shoes and you don't fall, but he fell. That's what makes it worse. He fell in the open field. That was one of the worst jukes all season long. And Jabari Small did that earlier. I want to say was I think it was a game we lost. It was Ole Miss. It was Ole Miss. He did he did it to Ole Miss. Oh man. He he's a good little running back. I, I don't understand why so many people want to hmm? act like who? Who? Who 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 acting like what? There are a lot of people who don't think Jabari Small should be playing very much because of, of their fascination with Tyon. Everybody's so fascinated with Tyon, and rightfully so. I do think Tyon is better, is Tennessee's best back, but people were, were just dumbfounded that, that Jabari Small was, was playing. Oh, that, that move was an EA Sports NCAA video yes, game move L, right L, L1. Yeah, if you, don't, <laughs> if you don't think Jabari Small should be playing, then you, you, need, you, you need to... Yes, they, they they don't. Nah, they don't think he's sit very down good. somewhere. You need to sit down somewhere. That's a nice way. Yeah, he he did a great job. But last thing before I get off here, uh, not going to be able to make it this weekend. But we're making South Alabama. I'm. It's going to be just me and my son. I actually spent a little bit extra and got terrace tickets. I've never been up there Ooh. before, so looking forward to that. I love it, man. You guys, uh, I know y'all got a lot going on, but y'all going to be around to to uh, so I can. Introduce him to y'all. Absolutely, let's make it happen. Hey, man, you came. Hey, you came one Saturday, and we made it happen, didn't we? That's right. We, hey, you and I met in the parking lot, Alumni Hall. We'll that's, make it happen. That's right. I, 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 that's I, right. I, I don't want to speak for Swain, but I'd say the best time to do so would be right before Swain's uh, pregame show there on the Vol Network. Yeah, that's the best time. Big Orange Countdown, which starts an hour and a half before the game, which in this case, two o'clock. No, he yeah, I was South hoping it was going to be an earlier South game. South Alabama, I'm sorry. Yeah, South, you call him South Alabama, right? Yeah. Yeah, South Alabama. So, 5 o'clock. Yeah, because the game starts, what, 7? 7.30. 7.30. So, half 6. So, 6 o'clock. There <laughs> we go. 6 o'clock, Big Orange Countdown, Vol Network for South Alabama. I'll be uh, on stage, but I'm usually there about 30 minutes before. So, 5.30, 6, that is the perfect time. Um, to to you know meet up. Now, if you can't make, yeah, we'll it, make it, we'll make it. You know, we can make some other things work, but that's the perfect time for for me for sure. Five thirty six, right there, uh, gate twenty one, Vol Network uh, stage. Sounds like a plan. I was hoping it was going to be an earlier game, but it, we'll we'll take what we can get. I know, right? I don't know why the game is at night, but hey, light show, light show is what we'll get. Well, it should be it should be fun for him. Hopefully, he's not really into football, so I'm hoping this is going to spark his interest. So, hope so. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. Hey, thank you. I mean, I, yeah, I want to take my kids to that game. That was that was the hey family. Let's go, let's go to this game because I thought it would be like a noon game, but no. Because you want to watch Jake Bentley play against Tennessee. He plays. He plays with him. He's their quarterback. How old is he? Old. Old, old, old. He is the John Fulkerson of, of football. They have a big game this week against Appy State. Also, shout out to Dale Jones. Taking care of a little old butch over the weekend. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, Dale Jones. All right, I got, I got one butch comment. I'm going to move on. Snap and clear? No. I saw the clip of him talking about year zero. Oh, he did it again? Lord. No, Derek Dooley did that. Butch said year zero out loud. At Arkansas State. At press conference this week, he said that this year was year zero out loud. Out loud. I'm so glad he is no longer the head football So those players on that football team, imagine how they feel. This year don't even count because it's year zero. How did it make you feel, Kevon Bennett, playing your final season of college football there? And and Bush said, your final season doesn't matter. You know who I feel bad for here? Nick Saban. Like, all the work I put into you, you're not using anything that we talked about. You didn't learn a damn thing down here. 
damn thing he didn't learn. Year zero? Publicly? Oh, my gosh. All right. Back to the phones. Jonathan in Columbia. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? Man, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I just, uh, first off, I want to say, Ben, I was wrong on Twitter last night about Ben uh, throwing that interception, <laughs> so I want to give the good graces to the Steelers fans for winning that game. Well, I, uh, when, when the Steelers got the ball back and were, were driving, <laughs> and I absolutely thought Big Ben was going to throw an interception to, to lose the game, <laughs> Me too. Uh, I, was, I was thinking of you, so... <laughs> I, I was I was sitting there. That was my last leg on an eight game on a eight part parlay right there, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" You needed happen. a big Ben interception. Yeah, dude. It's like you know, three things are promised in this world: is the death taxes, and he's going to throw one per game at least. Yep. Well, he's been he's been pretty good taking care of the the football this year. He he doesn't take as many chances as he used to. Yeah, I kind of noticed that. I mean, it was a that was actually I was expecting that game to be a stinker, but that was actually a pretty good game last night. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Towards the it, end, it it's, became it's, one. It's stunk in its own right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it needed it, a Manning cast. It, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as bad as the uh, the uh, Packers and Chiefs game. That game, good gracious, I turned that off. Uh, but yeah, uh, that game was miserable. I watched that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, got a quick question for you. You might have mentioned it, or I may have missed it. But what uh, after that, uh, you know, that interception? What happened to Alante? I seen he was hurt. Yeah, I I don't know why he didn't play as as much after that pick six as as you think he would play i i don't know yeah. i i yeah kicked myself in the butt when i was watching the game yesterday and realized that i did not ask alante about it when he met with the media yesterday i, I didn't even think about it hey sec yeah. players are getting hurt dancing Hey, that shimmy was nasty, though, dude. I'm a, I give it to him. He, yeah. said he, he said he put a little too much freak into his leg. He, he did. He did. <laughs> he put some stank on that thing. He, I mean. uh, he, he, he thought he was at, um, you know, at a party, at the, you know, back That's in the day. Saying. Yeah, he thought he was in a line with his fraternity brothers. Yeah, and then, uh, like they were saying, talking about a while ago, Jabari had that Soul Snatcher 9000 on that uh, Kentucky defender, and I was – I was just, oh, dude, I, I was not, I wasn't even cheering. I was just laughing. I got bread in the face so much. I mean, oh, yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was. Good. You hate to see it, right? It was nasty. <laughs> it was nasty. Poor guy. But uh, yeah, man, I was just, uh, I was just kind of uh, gonna call in and tell you, Ben, that uh, yeah, I was wrong on that one. But uh, we saw it was coming. It was coming, definitely. <laughs> for sure. Well, I, I was, I was waiting for the missed field goal. In, in all honesty. Can, can make right. two 50, 50 yarders in a stadium that is awful to kick in because of the wind off the river. Oh, absolutely! But but can't make an extra point. So I, I was fully expecting the the kicker who's coming off of concussion protocol to miss the game winner. Dude, kicking is the most mental position that I've ever seen in my life. Yep, hundred percent. But uh, you fellas have a great day. I'll be listening to y'all. Hey, thank you. Thanks for the phone call. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Hey, Ben, it's Turkey Man. All right, Turkey. Let's get Turkey Man in here. Hey, okay. I thought it'd been coming to the dudes on the line. Hey, guys, uh, I got a, a follow-up question from one I asked yesterday. And also, I'll have a comment afterwards. But last uh, yesterday, I asked, asked a question about shotgun and quarterback. And I didn't get to follow up with my my my. Uh, other questions I want to ask you about that. We see negative uh, recruiting techniques toward quarterbacks in an offense similar to what we run because they're never under center. They're not a full, you know, they're not a full quarterback and, and doing all. And I would like to see some under center plays. We've seen one. We Down the goal line, we did see one. But that stretch play that uh, Peyton used to use so much to to, to set up the long ball, uh, I think would be a good one to enter. Why? Enter in. Why you want to see it, Turkey Man? Well, I tell you why. I tell you because number one, I feel like that would that stretch play would put that that back with the speed that uh, our quarterback has that Peyton didn't have to be able to run it on the outside and freeze the freeze the uh, uh, defense for the long ball in another direction to get the ball up down the middle field. That's why. 
Well, I mean, and, and it and it shows it shows it shows the quarterback has an opportunity to 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 fit your system, not just this system. And uh, that's that's uh, something that I felt like because I've heard it over the years of those teams that had quarterbacks. That was the downplay of them as quarterback are going there. And I like to take some of that that negative uh, because quarterback's quarterback. If you throw the ball, if you can, if you can run the offense, you're the quarterback and run it well. Well, uh, well Turkey Man, you know, um, offensive, offenses have changed. Everyone runs shotgun. I mean, everyone. NFL. Pros. I mean, we see see it in high school. Go go watch any high school game, and you see shotgun. It's actually easier. It's easier for the quarterback in the center, and it's great for play action. It's even better than being on the center for play action because the linebackers and defense have a clear view of the ball going into the belly. Of the running back, it was clear, and you really get them sucked up, and you can pull it out for the pass. This is the birth of the RPO, so the RPOs are actually better in shotgun than doing it under center. I do understand how people feel when it's fourth down and one. Excuse me, fourth down and one, or on the goal line, but guys, it's working. Tennessee broke records offensively in 2016 with shotgun. Tennessee is putting up crazy numbers offensively from shotgun because it's working. Which is why I asked Turkey Man why. Like, why does he want to see it? Just because he wants to see it or because he thinks what we're doing is not working and going on the center would work more or better. I just, and I just don't, I just don't think it, think it will. There's multiple ways to skin a cat and, you're skinning it just fine from shotgun. Ask Kentucky. They don't have any hair right now. You can skin the cat from shotgun. But it's all about execution up front. It doesn't matter if you're in shotgun or if you are under center. You still got to go block somebody. You still got to go push some furniture in the trenches. And... The NFL has been evaluating quarterbacks for the last decade from shotgun. RG3 played in a system where we've seen multiple quarterbacks go out and be successful. But if you are a scout, if you are a personnel, you got to have your own way of evaluating. You got to go see if he can handle concepts and retain information. Does he have leadership abilities? Can he make all the throws? So you can you can figure it out if you're an NFL team. You can figure it out. When it's time for Hooker, he'll have to answer those questions. But for now, he's okay. He's okay playing in this offense, just like we've seen other quarterbacks play in spread shotgun offenses and go to the NFL and go have success. 865-255-03. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. Business is still moving forward despite our work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office Furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why my friends at Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's at the office or at your home. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier of Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, create a layout, and make recommendations. Once you decide what pieces you want, Office Furniture Outfitters will even deliver and install new office furniture for you. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area. Or check them out online at OFONOX.com. Give them a call at 865-254-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters. Providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. 
If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Event, SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Dan Barbecue. It is time for Around the SEC. <laughs> today's, a, today's a good one. Ben? Yes, today is a good one. And as usual, the Florida Gators are making an appearance. Because per Dan Mullen, Anthony Richardson hurt his knee dancing at the hotel on Friday night. He was cleared to practice on Thursday for the concussion and then hurt his knee dancing Friday and had to do treatment all morning Saturday. That is absurd and the most ridiculous thing I have heard. It just, 
It feels like Butch Jones over there in Gainesville. Just one absurd story after the next because everything is spiraling out of control. Uh, Nick Saban had a quote yesterday that made the rounds during his weekly press conference on Monday. He said, quote, there's obviously a lot of things we need to fix. That didn't look like an Alabama team. Nope. nope. I, I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a second because I have a question for you after we finish this up. Speaking of the transfer portal, Marcus Banks, a corner, a junior corner from Alabama, has entered the transfer portal. He announced last night on Twitter he's a junior, played in eight games this season, and made one start against Mercer. He has six tackles. Half a tackle for a loss and one interception this fall. The move comes two days after freshman Kool-Aid McKinstry started the LSU game in place of injured starter Josh Job. Banks has appeared in 24 games at Alabama. Former four-star recruit out of Texas. He is now in the transfer portal. Come on. Come on. Hey, Willie. Come on. Come on. Willie. How about that receiver that hit the transfer portal from Texas? Come on. Classifies as around the SEC news. Shamon. Shamon. Simone Biles. Shamon. Not Michael Jackson. Shamon. Shamon in Knoxville. Shimmy on up. Come on. All right, what else you got? Alante Taylor style. Just uh, two more things. Uh, Kentucky right guard Eli Cox. Is likely out for the season with an injury following the Tennessee game. That sucks. And here's a a late attaboy. Every week we go over the SEC football players of the week, and we haven't been able to mention Tennessee players that often. But following Hendon Hooker's performance against Kentucky on Saturday night, Hendon Hooker has been named the SEC Offensive Player of the Week after accounting for four touchdowns and 357 yards of total offense. Uh, the SEC press release says that he averaged 11.52 yards per play. It was Tennessee's first ranked win on the road versus a top 20 opponent since 2006. You played in that game. 51 points at number 10, Georgia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember. actually, it says the, the 45 points were Tennessee's most versus a ranked opponent on the road since that Georgia game in 06. Which, wow. That, that's the game where the intro from your show's from, right? Uh, no, that's the Kyle game. Oh, is it? But you didn't you score a, game, a touchdown in that Georgia game? Mm-mm, you got hurt. Oh. Brett and Meek scored touchdowns. Isn't there a Georgia game in which you did score a touchdown, or am I just completely whiffing? No. I'm just completely whiffing. Okay. It's okay. I not appreciate the, the, uh, not the credit time. you're trying to give me. Not the first time. Uh, Hooker also had 41 yards on the ground. First multiple touchdown passes over 70 yards. Since 2000, since a Vol quarterback did it in 2000, just a, a really big-time performance. 190.01 is his QB rating after Saturday, and that is fourth best in the country. Surpassed Peyton Manning's 20 passing touchdowns in 1996 for 10th place in Tennessee's all-time single-season touchdown pass list, as we mentioned earlier in the show the defensive player of the week was will anderson from alabama who single-handedly won alabama that football game and in my opinion deserves some heisman consideration Uh, he led alabama with a career high 12 tackles had four tackles for a loss and has (laughs) he now has 21 tackles for a loss on the season 21 tackles for a loss with three regular season games remaining, the SEC championship game remaining, and possibly two playoff games. He, first-round pick, and again, deserves Heisman uh, consideration, also had a 1.5 sacks, uh, which he now has 10.5 on the season, which leads the SEC and ranks fourth nationally. Uh, Seth Small, the kicker at A&M. Parker White, the kicker at South Carolina. Those were your special teams players of the week. Uh, Tyree Johnson, a defensive lineman from A&M, was the defensive lineman of the week. Cam Little, the kicker at Arkansas, was the freshman of the week. And then Cade Mays was the offensive lineman of the week. Helped pave the way for 462 yards of total offense. 
the win over a ranked opponent on the road. Saw Mays play every offensive snap at right tackle as he did not allow a pressure, a sack, or commit a penalty. So shout out to Cade Mays. According to this SEC press release for the season, Mays has now played 418 snaps and not allowed a sack. Cade Mays having a a great What you doing, Ben? What you doing, Ben? What you mean? What you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? Sounds like you over there jinxing Kate Mays. Did Jerome Carvin give up a sack against Alabama? <laughs> that that week after? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I know I mentioned it that week, and I was being blamed for, for jinxing. Well, I'll, I'll take the blame for it this week. I probably, probably did just jinx him. And as it is my luck, of course – the week that I do jinx him is the week that they play the best team in the country with the best defensive front in the country. And his old team. And his old team. Well, maybe that motivates him to not give up a sack. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you real quick, Swain, um, going back to that quote that Nick Saban had about Alabama, saying that he had a lot of things to fix. And, and oh, by the way, Keyshawn Bryant, basketball player, South Carolina, suspended for the first five games of the season for violating the athletic department policy. Uh, so, way to go, Frank Martin. <laughs> Another year that is not starting out well for you, uh, but anyways, he won't that, be that, there. That comp, no, yeah, he literally doesn't have a buyout. Yeah, he won't be there. Uh, that that Nick Saban comment saying that Alabama has a lot to work on, and it did not look like an Alabama team. The last couple of weeks, and I may have mentioned it last week or the week before, it feels like the overall product in college football is down. Do you? Do you get that sense as well? Maybe it's just a me thing, but like I watch Alabama, and I mean I even watch Georgia. I do think Georgia's the best team in the country. I think Alabama's the second best team in the country, but they they don't look like a typical best team in the country, second best team in the country. I, I watch some of these other teams that are ranked highly, Michigan State and Iowa earlier in the year, and Oregon and Cincinnati. And it's just like I I don't know. I feel like uh, the best teams in in college football aren't as good as the, the the best teams in college football in, in years past, if that makes sense. I think I think there's more parity, and I think it's, it's always – college football's always had their top heavy teams. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that's changed is NIL, advertising money, um, coaching coaching salary, and the the teams who are at the top. Now, um, Alabama is clearly well. Georgia, excuse me, is clearly the best team in the country. But I remember, you know, twenty years ago when we were doing the same thing with Miami and Nebraska, and. Miami was clearly the best team in the country, and no one was going to come close. And then, boom, Ohio State beat them. And then you fast forward, Alabama was clearly the you know the the the, the best team in the country, and you know had the dynasty. And then, boom, Clemson came up and beat them, and kind of started their own little dynasty. Like, I think it happens in cycles, and um, I just think this year it's just really top heavy, and there's one team that's just superior to everybody else. Um, there's tier one, and that's Georgia, and then there's tier two, and that's Alabama, Ohio State, and you know, I, I guess you can throw in Oklahoma in there and, and, and Oregon, you know, you jumble those all up, and we'll see which one of those teams will have a chance to swing at Georgia and, and beat them, whether it's in the national championship game, semifinals, SEC championship, but those teams will have their opportunity. To swing, Alabama may have uh, – Alabama certainly will have an opportunity um, first week in December, and then if they win, they may have a second opportunity. So I, I don't think it's much different. I just think that it's just different teams. That's just, that's just how I look at it right now. Uh, yeah, it's certainly an interesting thought that I, that I do agree with. I just I watch these these college games on on Saturday, and it just it just doesn't feel the same. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it's just. I think it's. I think it's the parody that that gets you. Like yeah. it's just one dominant Georgia team, and everybody's kind of beating everybody. Yeah. So maybe maybe the maybe the product is better. Maybe even, there's but, more teams that are better, and then you just have this the one team that's that's superior. But even that that Georgia team, I mean, isn't like I don't know. I I, I think of other top teams over the last decade or so, and I, I think that they would beat that Georgia team. I, I just don't think Georgia's super dynamic on offense. And, and I mean, maybe Alabama can pull it off, but th- there's just, like, nobody that, that can really test the, the lack of, of being super dynamic by Georgia on but, offense. But think about it, man. Like, 2019 like LSU. Like, Bennett is their like, quarterback. Like 2019 LSU that were, were super dynamic. But think about the, the other national champions, in the last decade, two decades, you don't really have to be super dynamic on offense. You just got to be the best team, the best complete team. And that's all that matters. Like when Ohio State won it, they weren't super dynamic. They just got good at the right time, and that running game was flowing and going with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, when Auburn won it, you know, in, in 2010, they had Cam Newton was was just special. Um was I mean Florida State in 2013 was that offense dynamic? They just was really good and solid. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think you have to be dynamic on offense to go win a championship or to be or be one of the best four teams. You want to be balanced. You want to be able to do what you need to do when you have to do it. So if you're playing in a football game and you need to score 40 points, then you you, you got to be able to do it. If you're playing in a game and you got to have a defensive you know stop or a low scoring game, then you should be able to do it. I think the team that can do more and can win in more ways than just one, I think those are teams we'll see at the end. Yeah, I just – I don't know. Watching this year, I kind of feel like the product is down from a team standpoint. Like college football is still entertaining, not not trying to say that at all. Just in terms of teams being good, it, it just feels like the product in that regard is, is down. And, and maybe it's um, – some after effects or a hangover from COVID, so to speak. Maybe it's the the new reality of college football because of NIL deals and, and transfer portal and so much attrition year in and, and year out. And, and like and and aside from that, I mean it's hard to get eighteen to twenty two year olds to be consistent week to week as it is. So I don't know, it just feels like the product is is down in terms of just a talent standpoint. Let's uh, let's get to the phones, 865-255-03, and we have Joe. Joe, good morning. What's going on, guys? I just had a quick question about this. Um, have, are there still a lot of guys left in the portal that aren't playing that are maybe creating depth issues, which has led to all this parity? Because I, you know, I think I remember hearing you say something one time about, you know, there's going to be more kids in the portal than there are places for them to play. And I yep. was just curious, maybe that. If that has anything to do with it as well, well, I think I think the parity has been brewing even before the transfer portal um, existed, and the transfer rule was was changed, and, and it is what it is today. But yes, there's going to be a lot of guys that think they're going to go and you know transfer to uh, a top school, but they're not. I mean, they're going to be limited on where they can go, and I think. Our guys leaving is a good example. I mean, not everybody went to Alabama or Oklahoma. There's a lot of guys that had to go somewhere else. There's a lot of guys that had to come back. There's some other guys that had to, you know, go to a place where they probably thought they were better than initially but had to lower their their standards. So, yeah, there are more people in the transfer than than spots. And so uh, someone's going to have to go down a level and play if they want to really play. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. You know what? The point that I want to make, Ben, you talked about you know college football being down the product, but how about why is Caleb Williams, the quarterback of Oklahoma, in the Heisman watch but not hitting Hooker? That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to bring up, Ben. You want to bring up – your point about college football, which I thought is a, is a good point, but why is Caleb Williams, who played in seven games, seven one percent, passer, eleven hundred and eighty nine yards, fourteen touchdowns, one, one interception, 
why is he in the Heisman talk? But a guy that's 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, eight, 1,900 yards, right there at the top of the country in efficiency. Why he's not? Why is he not mentioned? You know because why? Because one team is 9-0 and exactly. and the other is 5-4. and four. Exactly. Exactly. The Heisman Trophy annoys me so much because – I hate that it's become like this. What is the award? Is it the best player? Or is it the, the quarterback, quarterback of the team that's winning? Like, what is it? Because no one has meant more to their team than Hennon Hooker, Matt Corral, Kenneth Walker Jr., Kenneth Walker III. Like, no one has meant more to their team. And they play, they're playing at a high level. Yep. But to seeing Bryce Young up there at the top right now, I'm like, duh, he's going to be good. He's not, yeah, he's, he's not even – He's not even breaking any records. He's not even doing anything special to me. It's not, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but it's not even that for me. It's the fact he's not even the best player on his team. He's not even the most impactful player on the team. Will Anderson is. Well, Anderson's the best player, mm-hmm. and I, I think Alabama would be more in trouble without Will Anderson than they would be with Paul T- or well, without Bryce Young. I, mean, I, I hate that he's an Alabama player, and I'm, I'm going to go out and stand on this limb, but whatever. I'll suck it up, and I'll deal with it. I'll take one for uh, all the defensive players out there. Jay Wade will be proud <laughs> of me. Like Will Anderson deserves to, 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 to garner serious Heisman consideration. To, to me, he's had more of a a Heisman season than Bryce Young or Matt Corral. He's been he's been spectacular. He he's been the best player in college football this year. He and Kenneth Walker Jr. at Michigan State. Those two have been the best, most impactful players in college football this year, and that's what the Heisman Trophy should be. Should be. It, it shouldn't be the 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 best quarterback or which quarterback put up the most numbers and broke the, the, the most records. It should be the most impactful, the best player in college football. And this year it's been Will Anderson at Alabama and Kenneth Walker Jr. at Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, hey, you, if you want to put Caleb Williams on there, you know, former backup quarterback at uh, Oklahoma, that's cool. But if you're going to put him yeah. on there, you need to put Hinton Hooker the on there. You need to put Hinton Hooker in there too. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I do know one thing in terms of, of awards. I wonder with, with Auburn coming back down to earth against A&M, Tennessee beating Kentucky, everybody wanted to give Brian Harson the SEC Coach of the Year award going into to last Saturday. Does does that shift more towards Josh Heupel? And Heupel's always been in in the conversation, not, not trying to say that Heupel's been disrespected in that conversation. He hasn't been. He, he's one of the first coaches mentioned but Hypo's number two. Behind Kirby Smart. Dude, he is yes, I, dominating I mean, everybody. His defense is is like legendary right now. Like him or love like him or, or or hate him. But the award is given based off of who exceeds expectations. And right now Kirby Smart is meeting expectations. Like everybody expected Georgia to be this good. Folks expect Tennessee to win three or four is it? games. I think it is. Is it the award to, given to the coach who exceeds expectation or I does the like best coaching is. job? Well, a lot of people correlate it as the same. <laughs> That's somebody who, who exceeds expectations is, is doing the best coaching job. Well, I mean, you, you can still do a dang good coaching job and meet the expectations that were given out before the season. Yeah, I mean, and to, there's something truly to be said about meeting expectation in today's day and age yeah. of expectations. Yeah, which are sometimes and more times now than ever unrealistic and unfair. Correct. Yeah, so I, I would go Kirby number one and certainly I would go deserving. Josh Heupel number two today. Yes, Kirby is certainly deserving. If, if Kirby were to win it, there would no be complaint. There would not be any complaints on on this end. But I do wonder if, because Josh Heupel has exceeded expectations so much, I wonder if that will help him in his case for winning the award. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens this weekend. He beats he beats Georgia. I say you give it to him 
On the spot. <laughs> yes. 865 yes. Let's get to uh, Connor. Connor, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, well, except for the fact that I'm down here stuck right in the middle of Georgia. You know. What part? I'm right outside of Macon, Warner Robins. Ah, uh, okay. Right in the middle. You are. So, um... Uh, so my brother is a big Georgia fan. I actually bought him Ugh. tickets, and we went up to Athens last Saturday. And uh, I just wanted to share a couple observations I had about them with y'all. Okay. First, um, you know, Adam Anderson, their sack leader, tackle leader, is indefinitely suspended. And that defense is nasty, but they got beat around the edge mm-hmm. a lot where he was missing. Now, you're not going to get anything up the middle. Mm-hmm. But Poor around Cooper. the edge, man, they are filthy. I mean, they're slow. In, up the middle, they're good up outside, man. They, they just, I think they're really missing him. Uh, second thing, I don't know what they have going on with their quarterback situation, but Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels are not the same people. I mean, I'm watching, like, pregame, I'm watching them throw post routes, warm up, and I know it's routes on air and all that, but man, Daniels like flicks his wrist and the ball goes 40 yards and Stetson's putting everything he has into it. I don't know. I'm kind of glad that Daniels, or that Bennett's starting because he is the inferior passer, in my opinion. Yeah, he's more mobile too, but he's more mobile though. He is mobile. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. The third thing, this kind of goes back to uh, something you were talking about a few weeks ago. Man, that stadium is not loud. At all. And I know they're playing Missouri, but, like, they blocked a punt. And it was like, them blocking a punt and getting a safety off of it was maybe like Tennessee stopping a run at the line in England. Like, when you compare fans, like, how loud the crowd is. It's nuts. Now, I could have gone to sleep. Like in the fourth quarter when it was a blowout, I was sitting there dozing off in the fans. It was so quiet. I was like, man. And so I thought about you talking about you. You fell asleep on your visit there. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was I, it was not fun. You know, I I think we can put the, put up some points on them. It's going to be interesting. I think we're going to have to. I I love the wide splits we run with receivers. I think we can get in space and do some stuff. And their their secondary is not great. Their front seven's really good. Their secondary's solid, but I think we're going to have to throw the ball around. If if you are if you are Javante Payton, if you are Valus Jones and Cedric Tillman, you, you you are looking at the secondary and saying we got some opportunities, and they're good. Don't get me wrong, they're good, um, but their corners, their corners, they are not the strongest part of their football team. They have been they have be, been beaten on the outside. And for Tennessee to win, they're going to be beat a lot on Saturday. And I like our receivers against their 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 corners. I really do. But now with the O line give Hooker time. Exactly. It's are how much time are you getting? How much time are you getting to throw the football? Which puts more emphasis on yards after catch. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't see. Tennessee have to take a ton of time on the shot throws to Jalen Hyatt and Vegas Jones. That wasn't like that wasn't a long developing play at all. Especially the Vegas one because for some reason Kentucky called something that allowed a linebacker to be matched up on Vegas in the slot. Yeah, so like, I I look forward to seeing the matchup advantages that Josh Heupel creates to. Put his speedy guys, his playmakers, on linebackers, on safeties, and getting the ball to them quick, not allowing the defensive front to be a problem. Like that is that's the that's the strategy. That's the formula that Josh Hype and the offensive staff have to figure out. How do we get the ball in space to our guys as quick as possible while running our tempo, while being efficient? I think Tennessee offense will have more success against Georgia than any other team this year. But will it be enough? Will Tennessee's defense do enough 
to not allow Stetson Bennett to have a career day because we are allowing career days versus quarterbacks. So a, a lot, a lot to break down. It's just Tuesday. We got, we got, yeah. so, so many thoughts. You get, you got to wear them down. That that can help with with eliminating their pass rush and and listening to Cole Kubik talk the last several weeks. See, I mean, he's been saying this going going back for a month. Like if if Tennessee can get some guys out on the perimeter, get get those big boys running from sideline to sideline, things get get interesting all of a sudden. That's right. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Hour three is coming up. <laughs> 